0: CHAPTER THIRTEEN OF THE BROKEN ROSARY BY GRACE AND HAROLD JOHNSON. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. ACCORDING BY MARIA THERESE. Thirteen. The twilight sky dripped with a mild gray rain Sunday evening, as Dan O'Hara rang the doorbell of the Altman home. It was eight o'clock. That meant that they'd just had time to make the 8.20 feature at the palace. Come on, honey, get on your best toga, and we'll head for town." Dan said, as Mary opened the door. She smiled happily at him, and laid a hand on his arm, as she moved beside him to steer him into the living room. "'I'd just as soon stay in,' Mary said. "'Cause I'm a cat and don't like water, especially in the form of rain. I'd rather talk. I've got a lot to ask you.' Dan grinned broadly. "'Okay with me. Could do with some nice talk myself.' He sat down on the sofa. "'I've got plenty to talk to you about, too,' There's a number of things I want to get settled, and pronto. One is about us. "'Oh, that's not what I want to talk about,' Mary said. "'We've got lots of time later for that. "'What I want to know is about some of the stuff you've picked up on the Brighton and Duffield cases. "'I've been left in the dark too long. "'Remember, I only write society. "'There hasn't been a good murder in that department in a long time.' "'I don't know anything that hasn't been in the columns of the Dispatch. "'Ever read that newspaper?' "'Sure, Sylvie. But, I mean, what have you learned that you haven't put into print?' "'Nothing you don't already know.' Dan reached over and took her hand. "'Gee, Mary, who wants to talk shop? Let's talk about us. I'm all for forgetting this idea of yours of working a year before we get married. It sounded all right to me last June, but I can't go along with it now. Any way you look at it, I think we ought to get married soon.' "'And be tormented in by insecurity?' "'Don't make me laugh, honey.' "'Your salary for the next six or eight months "'isn't going to make for perpetual security.' "'I know, Dan, but I want to have the experience of working. "'I always said I'd work a while after college, "'and I want to do it. "'And in spite of what the poets say, 2 can't live as cheap as one. "'Why, I'm buying a lot of things each payday for our home. "'Just think of all I can get with my salary "'for the next nine months, "'and neither of us will tarnish or corrode "'waiting that short time.' "'Look, Mary,' Dan continued, "'We're not getting any younger. Remember what the psychologists say. "'Mary Young, it studies a person. Why, it could—' "'Who wants to be studied?' Mary cut in. "'Anyway, Dan, you haven't won homespun quality. "'Why, at the faintest smell of a news item, you take off, "'leaving me alone in my gilded cage, three flights up, rear. "'I've even been thinking that maybe we should wait longer than a year. "'Maybe until you've cooled off enough to become a city editor.' "'Dan put up both hands.' whoa lady take it easy he spoke good-naturedly, but with a mild emphasis which mary knew he meant i know the bank teller doesn't get cramps in his fingers counting out the money when he cashes my weekly check but just the same there are hundreds of families living on less than i make that's very true dan but what i save in the next few months will make a bigger down payment on our home believe me when you marry me you're getting a real ball and chain around your neck i've got very definite ideas about what makes a home and one of them isn't that the wife goes out to work. "'That's the way I want it. No working wife for me,' Dan said. "'Suppose we will have to wait until next spring, if you say so, but I think it's nuts. "'I will admit, though, you're really worth waiting for, honey.' He looked up at the clock on the mantel. "'Let's go. We could still make the show at the palace.' Mary wrinkled her nose. "'Let's not. I'd rather stay home and figure out who shot Mr. Duffield and Mr. Brighton.' I bet we could dope it out if we really put our heads together on it. Dan shook his head. How? We haven't even got all the facts. There are things the police know, or that I think they know and haven't told. Anyhow, Mary, it's the cop's job. Let them do it. Mary leaned toward him, her eyes laughing and tender. I haven't much faith in your cops, Dan. Take Mr. Wilkes, for instance. He's— Oh, don't sell Wilkes short, Mary. I know he's no bundle of speed, but he's a wise old bird dog. Not wise enough. And that man Davis certainly is no intellectual. His face grows up with pain every time he thinks. It hurts so much. Dan laughed but persisted. Wilkes will crack these cases in time. You can't force work like this. Things have to come natural, fall into a certain pattern. Then you have your proof. But you have to get all the information before the pattern is made right? Dan nodded. And I can't help feeling that Mr. Wilkes isn't the type to get that information. You don't know him. That's your trouble, Mary. He isn't exactly the ringer type, but he'll squeeze out the information without anyone being aware of it. He's really smooth, and don't forget that Sam Brighton is working on the case, too, and he's got a double incentive. Yes, Mary said. Sam might do it. He has more zip than Mr. Wilkes and Davis combined she sat motionless for a long minute deep in thought reminding dan of a charming figurine do you have your rosary with you sure good mary said put it in the same pocket with your pack of cigarettes and lighter mary stood up and pulled a straight backed chair from the desk in the corner and placed it in the middle of the room sit here dan and imagine there's a big wide desk in front of you you're wally wrighton and-no thank you dan cut in I'm not Brighton. He's dead, and I'm very much alive, and very much in love with a silly young lady who wants to play detective games." Mary made a face at him, but went on unperturbed. Now, you're Waldy Brighton, and you reach into your pocket for your cigarettes and lighter. Your rosary comes out with them. What do you do?" Dan stood up from the sofa and gave her a wry smile. Do we have to do this, Mary? Yes. With resignation Dan sat in the chair. "'And now what, Miss Sherlock?' Mary touched the tip of her nose with the forefinger of her right hand, and stood thinking. Suddenly she took a step forward, standing about four feet in front of Dan. "'I'm the murderer. I'm calling on you. While I'm standing here, you reach into your pocket and pull out the rosary, along with your cigarettes and lighter. Why would you want the rosary?' Dan looked down at the objects in his hand. "'I'd say I didn't want the rosary, that it just came out, tangled with the lighter and cigarette pack.' "'Right,' Mary said. "'That's the way I figured it, too.' Dan put a cigarette in his mouth, set fire to it, and laughed out smoke. "'So what have you proved?' Mary looked reproachfully at him. "'How can I prove anything when you won't be serious, when you won't cooperate?' She stepped over, took the cigarette from his mouth, and rubbed it out in the ashtray. "'You've just got to be serious, Dan.' How did it happen that mr brighton had the rosary in one hand and the revolver on the floor beside his other hand i wondered a lot about it dan said he paused and ran his tongue over the inside of his lips it's the one thing more than any other that proves to me wally brighton did not commit suicide yes and your mr wilkes thinks that he did that's why i maintain that the cops need our help or someone's help in solving this mr brighton didn't commit suicide mary said firmly i agree there mary the rosary is clutched in his left hand remember and when a person shoots himself he usually has a pretty firm hold on the revolver he is tense to start with and the instant he dies he usually undergoes a spasm which causes his fingers to stiffen while the rest of his body is completely limp this is usually confused with rigor mortis which does not set in and reach the hands for at least two hours after death it's absolutely definite that Wally died instantly from the way he clutched the rosary. What if he shot himself? Why wasn't he hanging onto the pistol, too? That's just it, Mary said. That's what we've got to find out. We're both satisfied that he didn't commit suicide, even though Wilkes may think he did. So all we've got to do is to find out who killed him. Dan raised his eyebrows and spread the fingers of both hands out with only the index fingers touching. Simple as all that, my dear. Who? just who was it?' He glanced up at the mantel clock. "'Come on, honey, we can still make the late show.' Mary shook her head impatiently. "'I couldn't sit through a movie now. I would be thinking all the time about how we have really important things to do, and we aren't doing them. Dan, I'd like to help you solve these cases. You think I'm just talking about wanting to help. I'm serious. I'd like nothing better than to be able to do something constructive and show Mr. Falls. He thinks all I can do is write pretty stories.' You'd like nothing better than that? Dan asked. Gee, honey, it isn't that important to you, is it? Well, it's a matter of principle. I think I'm qualified to write general assignments, and not just the specialized stuff I'm doing. You won't solve a murder by sitting here, worrying about it, Dan said. If you're so determined, guess we might as well see what we can do. You're nice, Dan, thanks. Now about this, we won't know who killed Mr. Brighton until we know everyone who saw him in his office last Friday night, also what was said between them. Mary counted off on her fingers the names of the persons who had been there. There you are. Who's the best suspect? Dan shook his head and his lips twitched in a shadowy smile. You don't track down a criminal like that, or that easy. How do you know the one you're looking for is among the ones listed? My guess is that he isn't. Frowning with impatience, Mary said— but we've got to start somewhere, with someone. Again Dan shook his head. No, we don't, honey. That's police work. You win. It really is a job of the police, but we can help, can't we? We can if we know something, and then it's our duty to tell, but we don't have to knock ourselves out trying. Mary stood up and looked around the room, clicking her thumbnail against her teeth, as her eyes moved slowly. The murderer had to be someone, Mr. Brighton knew, "'Someone he wasn't afraid of, "'or he wouldn't have taken out of cigarettes to smoke, right?' "'Dan made no reply. Absent mindedly he put a cigarette between his lips "'and put the flame of his lighter to it. "'You haven't paid any attention to what I've been saying,' Mary said. "'Dan blew smoke down the front of his shirt. "'Your trouble is, Mary. "'You're looking for one murderer. "'Sam Brighton's convinced that there is a connection "'between the death of his brother and that of the old sheriff. "'I'm inclined to agree with him.' so the thing to look for is a pair of murderers. Mary nodded and looked at Dan with sharp attentiveness. But one of them had to be in the merchant's bank when Brighton was killed. True enough. So we just figure out who that is and pair him off with someone else, after we know why he did it. Then for all we know... The telephone sounded sharply through the room. Mary walked quickly to the front hall to answer it. There was a brittle, excited edge to her voice when she called to Dan. "'It's Vince Partridge from the office. "'He wants to talk to you.' "'As Dan hurried into the hall, "'Mary covered the mouthpiece with her hand. "'He's all excited about something.' "'Mary watched as Dan held the receiver, "'his expression changing from open curiosity "'to grim astonishment. "'Where did it happen?' Dan asked. "'After a moment he said, "'What's the house number?' "'There was another slight pause. "'Then Dan said, "'Okay, I'm on my way.' He banged down the phone into its cradle and turned to Mary. Sam Brighton's been shot. Mary's hand flew to her mouth and she gasped, a startled, Where? Is he dead? At his home, I think so. I've got to run, honey. Mary beat him to the guest closet. No, you don't. You're not running out on me. I'm going along. Dan grinned and gave her a lift with her raincoat. Okay, sob sister. I thought you were the kitten who was afraid of rain. End of chapter 13.